Play the man. We got some men in this room. How many of you are fathers? Let me see your hands. How many of you are granddads? Let me see your hands. How many of you are just so weary of taking care of grandkids and kids, you can't even raise your hand? I love being a father. I've been a father for 30 years, for 30 years. And I've got a picture I'd like to put up here that kind of gives my whole picture or my idea of what Father's Day is all about. And guys, could you put the picture up there? This is kind of my picture as I think about Father's Day today. Uh, I'm, uh, I'm standing there kind of off to the side, but I married my wife, Chris, um, in 1987. And we got married and we were excited. And of course, you get married and you want to have kids. And so uh, about 18 months, a couple years later, Nathan on the far right there, he came along and I loved having a son, right? Men, you got to have a son. And so I had a son and I loved just pastoring his little life and, and being a dad to him. And then about 18 months later, uh, Carissa showed up, and she's the beautiful bride in the picture there, and she showed up. And you know how it is, guys. You think, I couldn't love another child anymore, and I certainly don't know how to love a girl. Oh, my goodness. I love this boy, and I love this girl. Do you know what I mean? You love them the same. And my wife and I, we had talked about having more kids. I was an only child. She had four in her family, so we were going to compromise. You know, have, I still wanted four. But uh, we uh, were going to get pregnant again. And, and then a couple of years later, we went through a miscarriage. And we lost a child around Mother's Day. And some of you know the pain of losing a child. And God got us through that. Amen. And then a couple of years after that, what they call rainbow babies, right? Those blessings. And Abigail always reminds us, I know, I'm the rainbow baby. Abigail, on the left side there, she's kind of like our flower child. She came, Abigail, father's joy. And I love all three of them. And, and I loved parenting and raising those kids. And I thought that would be about it for a long time. And it, and it was. And then all of a sudden, a, a few years back, that man in the middle, I wasn't quite sure about him, Aaron. Aaron showed up. Guys, is there any man good enough for your daughter? I say no, correct? But this man was good enough. He was more than good enough. And I love Aaron. And he joined into our family. And this is their marriage day. And there I am, father of the bride, right? There I am, Steve Martin, parking cars, paying bills, and not getting to eat the food, right? But what I also love about this picture, there's two other men in the picture, aren't there? There's a man on the, on the right, and there's a man on the left. And a few months after this picture was taken, the man on the left, Harold Wilmington, my dad, he passed away and he went to heaven of cancer. And five months after he left this picture, the man on the left, Harold May, the two Harolds, my wife's father, he passed away as well. We lost both dads in five months. And if you've gone through something like that, and I know many of you have, you know the pain that is there. But you also know how good God is, as we sing today, the goodness of God. When I sing that song, man, that's my anthem. But there was something about losing two dads, and I, I certainly missed dad. I missed Harold Wilmington, and that's, that's normal, and that's natural. But a few months into it, I began to feel like I was missing something deeper, and it hit me. I'm missing a father. I don't have a father in my life. The morning after dad died, I, I woke up kind of groggy and Jonathan was calling me and he's gone through this and he, his dad is in heaven. He knew how it felt. He called me first thing in the morning. He said, how are you doing? And I remember saying this. I said, you know, I've lived for decades and this is the first morning I woke up without a father. And I began to feel that a little bit more through the months. 
And I did some research, and I found out that's very natural. You counselors know this. When we lose a mother, studies show that we lose a sense of nesting, of, of kind of security, of nurturing, because that's what moms do. But people reported when they lost their dad, when there wasn't a father, they said they lost their sense of identity, purpose, mission. It's like, it's like men that, you guys, you are the anchor of the family when you do it right. When we lose our dads, we're sort of adrift. And that's how Chris and I were kind of feeling. We just, we had a sense of where, where are we going? What's happening? That's what God means for fathers to play in the lives and grandfathers in the lives of their kids. Well, as I was thinking, I remembered that a few months earlier before dad died, probably about a year before he died, I walked into his office to get lunch. And as always, he was studying the Bible and he was writing some notes. I said, dad, what are you working on today? He said, I'm writing a study on the father. Now I have to be honest, I know this sounds heretical, but I kind of thought, well, that's kind of a dull topic. I mean, no offense, but yeah, of course, God, but why would you write about the father? And he said, son, I've lived all this time. I've written a lot. He said, we love the Holy Spirit and we sing about the Holy Spirit and we should. He says, we love Jesus. He's our savior. He's the king. And we should, we, we preach about him. But he said, when you look at the Trinity, who do you forget sometimes? The Father. And he had a little book on his desk called The Forgotten Father. And I began to go through the notes that he had and do my own study. And I want to share some things with you today about the Father. Because here's what I want to say to you men. This is what my message is today. Guys, you have a Father. You have a Father. Harold Wilmington is in heaven. He's fine. I'll see him soon. But I still have a father, don't I? God is the father. And I know when I talk about fathers on days like this, it's a little awkward because some of you may go, when you say God is my father, I picture a human man that was not there. He neglected us. He, he, he ignored us. He really wasn't there. Or sadly, he even abused us. Man, my heart breaks for you. But, but listen to me. Listen to me. You can't ignore the need for a father in your life just because you didn't see a good example on this earth. So I want to share just a few things, men, today. And I'm going to talk to everybody, but specifically the men today. I want to talk to you about what your father has given to you. I want to encourage you today and lift you up. And the first one is in John chapter 14. In John chapter 14, we sometimes think of it often as a funeral passage. And that's fine. I use it at funerals. But men, this is not a funeral passage. This is a father passage. Jesus says this, and he talks about his father in chapter 14, 15, and 17. We're going to look at that real quick. The last night of his life, the father's son pointed us more to the father. Strange thing. He's getting ready to go die and save the world. And what does he talk the most about? He talks about the father. This is what he says. Don't let your hearts be troubled. Believe in God. Believe also in me. In my father's house are many rooms. If it were not so, would I have told you that I'm going to prepare a place for you? And if I go away and prepare a place for you, I will come again and take you to myself so that where I am, you may be also. You know the way to where I am going. Lord, Thomas said, we don't know where you're going. How can we know the way? Jesus told him, I am the what? The way the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. If you know me, you will also know my Father. From now on, you do know me and have seen him. Lord, said Philip, show us the Father. And that's enough for us. Jesus said to him, have I been among you all this time and you do not know me, Philip? Jesus was talking to his disciples and he says, I want to show you the Father. And here's one of the first things, men, 
guys, some of you guys, you're, you're, you've got a great marriage and, and you've got a lot of kids and you, you're working hard right now. Some of you men are leading houses by yourself. You never thought that you would be fathering and parenting as a single dad, and you are. And there's some granddads in here going, I thought I was going to go to Myrtle Beach and retire, and all of a sudden, I'm raising grandkids. But the father wants to say some things, and he's given you some things in these passages. Number one, the father has given you a home. The father has a home, and you know the picture there that Jesus is saying, I'm leaving, I'm going to go to my father, and I'm going to keep building on to the family estate. Why? Because my father's house has many rooms enough for all of you. And guys, this isn't about the sweet by and by. It's not about a mansion or a room. It's about the fact that you have a home. Guys, you have a home. With, whether you play kickball or baseball or, or a softball, you hit the ball, you kick the ball, you're running around the bases. Guys, where are you headed for? Tell me. Where are you headed? Home. You're trying to get home. And men, if we can start today, Monday morning, realizing we have a home in heaven with the Father, he wants us there, it should ease up your Monday morning. It should get you through this life to know I've got a home in heaven and the Father loves me. There is no homelessness in, the God's, in God's family. There's no homelessness in the father's family. You watch these uh, videos, right? And there's these foster kids, right? And uh, many of you have adopted and foster cared, and you know what this is like. And some of you, uh, you watch the videos, and the kid comes out, and little Billy opens the present at the table, and he says, what is this? He holds it up, and it's Billy's name, and then the last name of the family. He's a foster kid, right? And then what does the mom say? She goes, Billy, we've decided we're going to adopt you. Would you like to live for us, with us forever? And then what does Billy do? Billy cries, and then mom cries, and then dad cries, and then you're crying. I know you are, aren't you? We're all crying. We love that. Men, that's what God did for you. He has adopted you into his family. You have a family. You have a home. Relax. Know that when it's finished, you've got an eternal home. But then he goes on from there and he talks about, in John chapter 15, the good, kind of, kind of the I am the vine passage. And hear what he says about the father. He says, I am the true vine and my father is the gardener. Every branch in me that does not produce fruit, he removes. And he prunes every branch that produces fruit so that it will produce more fruit. My father is glorified by this, that you produce much fruit and prove to be my disciples. You did not choose me, but I chose you. I appointed you to go and produce fruit and that your fruit should remain so that whatever you ask the Father in my name, he will give you. What does Jesus tell us here about the Father that we have, men? He tells us that the Father will give us fruit. He will produce fruit through our lives. Man, what kind of fruit do you want in your life? Well, there's some good things. You want to, first of all, you want to provide for your family, right? You know the old saying, dads, what do they want to do? They work hard just to make sure everybody's living indoors and wearing clothes, right? You want to make sure you're working hard, three jobs right now. You've been furloughed and fired and rehired and furloughed. But you're trying to be fruitful. You're trying to pay bills. You're trying to make that business survive. Some of your, your businesses are down 20, 30, 40%. And it's hard, but you want to be fruitful. And you certainly want to be fruitful in your marriage. And you want to be fruitful with your kids and your grandkids. Guys, good news. The Father will produce and is producing fruit in your life. Not just money, not just provision. That's great. But the Father 
will produce spiritual fruit through you. Let me ask you, what would it look like for you to say, my children, my grandkids are fruitful? They are fruitful. What kind of life would you like to have your life defined by? But how does the father produce fruit? We have a garden during this pandemic. Actually, my wife has a garden. I stand there and drink coffee and supervise. We have a beautiful garden. We're actually eating stuff out of the backyard. We can go off the grid now. But we've got this little garden. What do you have to do? What does he say the father's going to do? He says the father will prune every branch. So the father will get, get rid of dead branches, and this is a spiritual teaching about people who come to God and who don't come to God. But then he says, for those of you who are connected to Jesus, I am the vine. We, we read, I am the vine, but we forget that the father is the gardener. And what does a gardener do? What do you gardeners do? You go out there, you take care of the plants, and a lot of times you prune things back, and sometimes you pull weeds and you pull dead plants out. My wife yesterday, we walked out there and she goes, that's dead. I'm going, what are you doing? What? She goes, it's dead. And she pulled a handful of something out. I think it was radishes, but they hadn't, they hadn't, there was no fruit. And she pulled them out and threw them out. Guys, the father is going to produce fruit. But I'm going to tell you the truth, because it's church. He's going to have to prune you to do that. Don't raise your hand. Does any man feel like you're being pruned in 2020? 2020 is a gigantic pruning machine. Oh my goodness. Pruning is pressure, isn't it? Pruning means loss. Pruning means setbacks. Pruning could mean hard sun and maybe days of no rain. Pruning is things that we have to give up. And the storm that has become 2020, somebody said, how bad could 2020 get? And one of my team members raised their hand and said, uh, Excuse me, we have an election in a few months. I'm like, oh boy, we're in trouble. But the pruning of God, the gardener, is faithful, isn't it? And his wounds will be faithful. It will be hard, but allow, guys, everything that's hit you in the last hundred days, know that God is using it, whether it came from the devil or from the Lord or just from whatever, know that God can use that to prune you, to make you more fruitful. So don't give up. Don't give up. He will produce fruit through you. Can I say this as a church, and Jonathan has talked about this, and we've prayed about it, our team. Church, this sounds strange, and I'm not trying to be a masochist. For those who are suffering, we have great compassion. But listen, through great pruning and suffering comes great fruit. Could it be that we're getting ready to experience the most fruitful year of our lives, folks? Do you remember that we started with a 21-day fast? What would have happened had we not fasted? God was getting us ready. God led Jonathan to take us through a fast. God was getting us ready, wasn't he? And if our loving father was doing that, and our loving father sees what's happening and even all the misbehavior and a lot of things, but the father can use that, men, to prune us. So don't look at 2020, oh, I can't wait to get to the end. No, look at it as God, prune me, search me, try me, make me what? fruitful. Make me fruitful. And then last of all, this is what Jesus says. He's praying. They're walking down out of the upper room, down into the Kidron Valley at night. Remember there? He's walking up towards the Garden of Gethsemane where he'll have an intimate prayer time with his father. And as they're walking, Jesus begins to pray out loud and his disciples get to listen in. And here's what he prays to the father. He says, I am no longer in the world, but they are in the world. And I am coming to you. 
Holy Father, protect them by your name that you have given me so that they may be as we are, one. Keep listening to that phrase. Sanctify them by the truth. Your word is truth. As you sent me into the world, I also have sent them into the world. I sanctify myself for them so that they also may be sanctified by the truth. I pray not only for these, but also for those who believe in me through their word. May they all be as one as you, Father, are in me and I am in you. May they also be in us so that the world may believe that you sent me. What does that mean? Jesus says there's three more things that the Father gives us. First of all, he gives us protection, protection. He says, Father, protect them. And what does protection assume, men? Protection assumes an attack. Protection assumes an attack. You are going to be attacked. I know you know that. But don't be surprised when you're attacked. But the Father will protect you. He may not prevent it from happening, but he'll protect you through it. That's why. How does he protect us, men? He protects us with his Holy Spirit. He protects us with angels. Guys, he protects us with life groups. That's why we have men's life. That's why we do life groups. It's not a church program. It's scripture. Brothers need brothers. I asked my, my brothers, my friends in this church and my life group, the guys that I love, I asked them to be praying for me right now as I'm teaching. I need them to have my back and I have their back. Men, you can't do this solo. You need protection. And God gives protection through the brotherhood in the family. Open up and let God protect you. The next thing he gives us is purity. He says, sanctify them. And what does sanctification mean? You've studied into the Bible. God wants to purify you guys. Sanctification is washing up a dish and setting it aside for a fancy dinner. It's washing up your fishing gear and setting it at the front door because you're going on a special fishing trip with your grandson the next day. Sanctification is God washing us up and setting us apart for good work, for the mission of the Great Commission. Guys, you may feel dirty today. You may have done things. We've all done things, but God wants to purify you. And how does he purify you? He purifies you through his word, through his word. Men, you've got to be in this word every day, every day, every day, every day, every day. Get off social media every day in this, every day. Don't watch the news in here every day, every day. Let God's word wash over you and let God's word wash through you. And last of all, he says unity. Unity. He says, unify them. And if men, if you'll go back and read John 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, again and again and again, he's going to say this. If you love me, keep my commandments. By this will all men know that you love me if you, if you follow me and if you love one another. He says, be unified, be unified. The Father wants us to be unified. And the Father is unifying and can unify us, men. And this sounds strange standing where we are in 2020. Have you ever seen our country more fractured? Have you ever seen our state more fractured? Have you ever seen our own town and your friends and sometimes even people in the church fractured? Good news, men. God brings unity. He can unify us. Now, here's the challenge. There's a lot of serious issues, and I'm not making light of that. But if we just try to unify on any issue, on any side, just around the issue, and if we march or protest or do this or do that on any issue, if we're unified around an issue, but not around the unifier, 
at some point it falls apart, doesn't it? They found this out in the Tower of Babel. The, the people of the world tried to come together to create something beautiful and powerful and arrogant, and God says, no, you're unified, but you're not unified around me. Men, we've got to unify with the Father, and then that will draw us together. When we're reconciled to the Father, we will be reconciled to each other. Now, will we still disagree, guys? Yes, but we won't be divided. Will we still be diverse in our opinions and our approaches? Yes, but we won't be divided. You've heard Pastor Jonathan say this, church, please. I mean, my, my heart's broken. Is your heart broken? We need unity. We've got to start yelling and arguing. Men, we need to stand up and show the world how to unify around the Father. So kids, boys, we need to get around daddy and follow him down the street and let him unify us. Black, Hispanic, white, Asian brothers, we're going to get together but around the Father, and he will take us where we need to go. Men, good news today. You have a father. Amen? Amen. You have a father. Monday morning's going to be okay. You're going to make it through 2020. You have a father. He's provided good things for you. Now, a couple of you might have been saying, that's nice. I came here for you to give me some thoughts of how to be a better dad. <laughs> I just did. Philip said, Jesus... Show us the Father, and it's enough. Men, listen to me. Listen to me. Just show your wife the Father. Just show your kids the Father. Just show your grandkids the Father. And do the things he's done for you, but just show them the Father, and it's enough. Now, listen to me. You can only show them the Father if he's your Father. And men, the only way to know the Father is His Son, Jesus Christ. And if you've never accepted Jesus Christ, who died on the cross in your place, and He was buried and He rose again the third day, and He offers salvation to you to do all these things. And Jesus says, I've died, and I will introduce you to my Father. You need to pray and ask Jesus, Jesus, I'm sorry of my sins. I believe on what you've done on the cross. And Jesus, I invite you into my life. God, I repent. I believe by faith. You're the only way. Jesus, show me the Father. And if you pray that, God will save you. The Holy Spirit will clean you up. And the Father will say, come on home. I got a place for you. Now, guys, we need to pray for each other, don't we? So I want the men, I want the dads and the granddads, would you all stand for just a moment, please? Dads and granddads, stand up. Dads and granddads, I want you to stand. And on the back wall here, we're going to pray a prayer. This is our dismissing prayer, and the, and the, the, the guys are going to come out, and we're going to sing our way out. But we're going to pray a prayer. And Matt, would you go ahead and put that up there? We're going to pray a prayer that's not the Lord's prayer, it's whose? It's the Father's prayer. It's the Father's prayer. Men, Thomas Rode, we are behind you. We've got your back. You are not alone. But let this be our closing prayer today. So men, and while the men are standing, would the rest of you ladies and those of you who aren't dads, would you just reach out a hand towards our men? Would you just reach out, stretch out a hand as they pray this? And let's pray this together as a church. Guys, let's pray. Our Father 
in heaven. Hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Church, could you show your appreciation to these great men who are standing on the front line? Let's show them appreciation for what God's done with them right now. Let's worship as we go out today. Let's all stand together. God bless you. If you need spiritual help today, if you want to pray with someone, come right down this way. Guys, uh, men, women, anyone, Tom and his team, we will pray with you. We can lead you to Jesus. But let's sing and let's celebrate as we go out.
want to thank you for joining with us together today as we see what it is that God has done for us all. And today, if you've made a decision for Christ, or if you would like to talk further about what it is that God has done for you in the giving of His Son, Jesus, I would encourage you to email me at the address that is on the screen, pastor at trbc.org. We would love to connect with you to help you begin a brand new journey with Christ. If you would like to help contribute to our ministry as we take this message of the gospel around the world, go to the link on the screen today and help us help others with an amazing message of God's love.